It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs preseason team podcast series. It is Mark here with Ryan and regular, irregular Rob. And uh, on today's podcast, on in honour of our good friend of the show, Clinton, who's having his birthday today, we're going to have a look at his beloved St. George Dragons. Uh, Rob, Dragons top four this year? Ooh. N- not top four. <laughs> I, I, the, the the more news that comes out about the Dragons off-season, the more I want to put money on them to get the spoon. I don't know about you guys. But. Well, uh, we were discussing this off-air, and Ryan, you actually got done for a similar charge to Junior Ramon just recently. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just chasing blokes around with hammers. That's my go. I don't know. Was it even him, or was it his dad no, or something? Was, well, no. Fell off the roof. He did. No, none of them hit him. Apparently, he just caused him to fall off a roof or something. Is no, what I no, read. No. I, so I, I was listening to this podcast the other day, a Dragons fan podcast. Don't ask me why I was listening to it. I'm a sucker for punishment. But it was actually all right. The guys were very knowledgeable about the Dragons. Okay. And they were talking about the incident, and I'm just gonna just gonna say the word allegedly, and then talk Please. about it. And just yeah. ev- literally everything that I'm about to say is alleged, and I have no idea what actually happened. Right? They were suggesting that what happened is Junior Ramon must live next to a construction site or something, and the tradies had been upsetting him all week. And evidently, what's happened is old mate has said something to one too many things to Amon and other people who were there and they've chased him old mates run through the house jumped up on the roof and then jumped from one roof to another roof but fallen off and broken his arm and then after he fell off the roof they went and bashed him while he was lying there with broken bones oh jesus but Amon was on the roof and the other people did the bashing, but he was the one that chased him and caused him to fall off the roof, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. So, Jeez, um, yeah, that's he is, He's looking at something it's, in the range of GBH. And, yeah, it's like 14 years, right, if he's... Yeah, if he's, oh, yeah, he's, um, he's in big trouble. Yeah, Alle- allegedly, if he, you know, allegedly. if he... Yeah. If he gets caught and, ch- and found guilty, he's in big trouble. If he's guilty but, as charged... Yeah, so um, as we know, guilt or innocence in this particular case has no uh, on-field impact, but the impact that it has is on the culture of the club, the disruption to the preseason, the disruption to the combinations, all of these sorts of things we we can measure by by looking at the Dragons a couple of years ago between the, you know, the barbecue... And all that sort of gear, the JDB, bloody JDB stuff. All this, all of this stuff has just been negative after negative after negative. And this Dragons team is still soaked in that. And I think it's going to be tough sledding for the boys. But you know, there is still fantasy relevance in this team. Probably a surprising amount. Uh, so we do need to go through that. And Ryan. First cab off the rank is is the first guy on our sheet here, Cody Ramsey, a.k.a. Tyrell Sloan. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> On the website, he's still Cody Ramsey. No, not any, not anymore, mate. What are you talking about? The oh, yeah. Refresh. No, this refresh. is the future. This is the future, yeah. Yeah, hit refresh. Uh, if you're listening to this and it's not, yeah, it, you you are looking at you don't know what happened. Uh, but, yeah, so we had Cody Ramsey winning the number one jersey. Uh, he has been uh, ruled out indefinitely with – uh, ulcerative colitis, which, uh, you know, also has a, an impact on members of our podcast um, who are able <laughs> to work fine. But apparently for Cody Ramsey, he's feeling more impacted by this than, you know, and he's not able to do his job. Um, Ryan, I think there may be some difference between playing football and working in retail, but I can't be sure. Mate, come on. Like, you know, it's you, you take some medication, you get a little camera up the bum every couple of years and you're good to go, surely. Yeah. Pull your socks up and get back on the field. But, no, he can't yeah. get back on the field. So Tyrell Sloan's going to be a goer. You know, there's been some really nice positive articles, re Tyrell Sloan uh, on NRL.com. He's holding himself in a different way, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever that means. And um, I think for us what it probably means is to – have a, a highly volatile score in our wing fullback position, Rob. Yeah, look, it, it, it certainly opens up a lot of um, cash. <laughs> like we, we, it's ever, what everyone wanted, a 250K wing fullback actually playing fullback. Um, and Tyrell Sloan hasn't been great in the past, but he doesn't have to do that much to make make us money. So No, he really doesn't. Look. Let's just slot him in. Like wing fullbacks are a really tough position this year. So I think let's go cheap and, and let's go Sloan. That's that's my 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 uh motto. Yep. Well, I mean you look at Sloan last year, uh he put up a, a forty three against the Warriors. Uh mind you, I'm pretty sure that uh Ryan's girlfriend could do that. Um from fullback. <laughs> you think you could put up forty three against the Warriors? Oh mate. Uh, no, but only because I am so unfit that I wouldn't be able to run far enough. You, you also it. only have one knee at the moment. Yeah, you but, tell your ACL a third time. I got one and a, I got one and a half. No, I didn't tear it the second time. I just was already oh. there, and I just rooted my knee further. So, oh, good. But no, I saw the surgeon the other day actually, and I'm actually uh, ahead of where I would have progressed, like where I should be for somebody who just did their ACL, yeah, yeah. let alone somebody who did the ACL and the medial and the meniscus test. You so and Ben Henry, apparently, mate. Um, yeah, I... Uh, he and Ben Henry. Yeah. I'm in front, mate. I'm, I'm heading I'm heading for... Uh, I'm going to play cricket this year. I'm ready. Oh, nice. So, yep. yeah. But, um, yeah, following his 43 against the, the Warriors, a trial is 43, actually. Uh, he followed it up with a try 13 against the Panthers, but, you know, yeah. we can forgive that. And a 12 against the Sharks, once again, another tough matchup. Came up against the Titans with a, a 33 in uh, overtime. So, and I mean, before that, it was a 24, 40, 57 and a 61 with a with a little nine sprinkled in there uh, against the Rabbitohs in 2021. So, I mean, he's shown lots of upside with, a, a floor, but Ryan, there's no really way that we, if he's starting round one, that we can, or well, round two, we can leave him out because I mean they're on the buy in round one. They're on the buy. Yeah. yeah, no, he's he's a type of player that you need to have, I think, just at the price. His break even's what seventeen, so he really doesn't need to do much. He, to me, he seems like the type of player that's perfect um, to stick in your like, eighteen slot and and loop him because like we've seen that his floor is 
you know, what, four, I think his career is, is four. Well, I think, yeah, I think if you um, add in New South Wales Cup as well, I think his floor is four. And I think he put up an 83 in New South Wales Cup last year as well. So like that's realistically his floor and ceiling because he is a player that relies heavily on attacking stats. Like his um, try scoring rate across the NRL and New South Wales Cup at fullback is very similar. It's close to 80%. Um, so if he's, if he's not scoring tries, you, you're going to be getting uh, very low scores. And even when he does score a try, we've seen in the NRL, it still doesn't guarantee you over 20. So, yeah, definitely a player um, you don't want to rely on in your 17. But if you can stick him in your 18 and hope for the boom score or loop him in, then I, th- I think he's not a bad option. Yeah. Question without, without notice, who scores more overall points this season, Tyrell Sloan or Tom Trebojevic? And that's just injury. That's just injury lottery, isn't it? I'm gonna say Tom Trevojevic. Um, just well, I, I don't think Sloan's a, a guarantee no, to hold. Because Ramsey will be back at some point, I think. Even if he's not, I don't think Sloan's a guarantee to hold the spot. It could get Lomax back there, or Moses Embai. Yeah, there you go. So he, here's the positive for Sloan after the round one bye. He opens up against the Titans. And then Broncos, Sharks, not, you know, uh, who knows whether they'll be what type of matchups they are. You know, neither of those teams are defensive powerhouses. Then back to the Dolphins, Titans again. Softest matchup available against the Raiders. Sorry, Matty. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then, you know, Roosters, Bulldogs, tight Tigers, t- first 10 weeks. So it's, it's pretty good. Like I mean, I'd, I'd say it's a an average to good draw, all things considered, that it come up against... The Panthers at all, uh, which is really the only team that I'm scared of. No matchups against the Storm. Even the Cowboys, you know, who knows what they're going to be like with no Tom Gilbert this year in terms of their defensive solidarity. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll find out. But, um, yeah, that, I, think he's a, I think he's a winner here. Uh, you touched on Lomax earlier. He's a gun center, but not somebody you want to be jumping on in round one, particularly when there's an awesome option that we completely missed on our earlier podcasts in a very similar price bucket in the same position, which we'll, I'm sure we'll loop back to. Uh, you got Matt Fine, Ravalara on the wings, and Suli at the other centre spot. Now, Rob, Jaden Sullivan, replacement for the aforementioned and maligned Junior Ramon. He's going to come in 340K, break even at 23. How confident are you in his fantasy prospects on a scale of 1 to 10? It's like... 3.5 maybe like it's really low I just can't see any good reason to start with him um, yeah look I, I, even if Amone's gone he just, he just I just don't think Sullivan's fantasy relevant okay um, I think the big thing Ryan I, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on this is is more that who he's with and what he's going to be asked to do is 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 that the same feeling that you have yeah, uh, to me, he's. I think he's basically the same as uh, jun- the same prospect as Junior Amone was last year. In that he's not going to be kicking for very much. Um, you're going to be relying on attacking stats, and uh, yeah, the Dragons do have like a, a decent draw to start the year. So I guess it is possible, but uh, the, we're not expecting them to be a good side, at least not attacking wise. Um, so yeah, to to me, like he, he seems like if you are going to start with him, he's probably going to be a slow burn. You're going to need those 
you know, 42 point games where he nags two tries or gets a try or something to offset the 14 point game he gets because he's mm. got no base stats basically. Like you're just relying on tackles. He does tackle quite a lot for a half as well. Like he's up there with Dylan Brown. So I, I guess that is one point in his column. Yeah, I'm looking at his reserve grade stats at the moment, average 47.7, and that's only with six points per game or 5.5 points per game in kick meters. So, I mean, if you wind up, that's 180 kick meters per game. I think it's probably more likely it's going to be 80. So you take three points off that. He's still at 44 and a half, which is pretty good, really. And that's only 13 and a half tackles, but he's got the 100 meters a game um, and, and a lot of attacking involvement where I think, you know, that's probably going to be the, the point that we're going to we're gonna maybe fall over. Um, I wonder just... He's priced at 23, is that right? Yeah, 23. Yeah. Mm. Like, theoretically, a starting 5'8 should get 30 points. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. But he, he is one of the worst 5'8s in the competition, I would say. He seems like a Lachlan Ilias last year, and, like, Ilias yeah, eventually really does feel like that. Like Ilias eventually came good, but you had to hold for a while to eventually get those scores. Lachlan yeah. Ilias was a buy three different times last year. There was, yeah. and and that's not a good sign. Mm. Yeah, but look, he could he could he could make ten points of value. I I perhaps didn't appreciate twenty three points. Like that's quite a low average. Yeah, well, but I, I mean, just think you look, so you look at Talamone. Look at Talatal Moan. His average at 5'8 is 33 and a half. Yeah. Which is 10 points of value, assuming that, they, that, that that average comes across. It seems that maybe Sullivan is more of an attacking weapon than Amon is, uh, but also Amon beat him to the jersey last year, which probably tells you something as well. So question marks question marks i wouldn't stop anyone from buying him but i certainly don't feel confident with him he's not in my team at the moment uh here's an interesting question in a similar price bracket ryan who do you feel more confident with a guy like hamaso or chance or a sullivan um, <laughs> um... Look, I, I I think I'd rather hammer so. Um, not that I feel more confident in him, but I know that he's. I think he's got a higher ceiling than um, what I can get out of Sullivan. Uh, Jesus, and you it's... almost wouldn't mind starting with a hammer so, like in your seventeen at centre. You know, it's the positional availability. Is the I think that's year. right. I think it's a that's half the difference. So many halves. If he gets twenty three points at half. Like that's not not good. Like you can't no. you can't you can't start with that. He's going to have to be in your bottom four in your EMGs, right? Yeah, because the, the big thing is you'd rather just like you know, and we'll we'll touch on this guy in the West Tigers podcast, but you know, you may as well be starting Sean Bloor and getting yeah. thirty five out of him for hundred yeah. k less. Sullivan and, you know, could absolutely get you twenty five. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, big big question marks. But yeah, as you say, we got Burton, we got Adam Dewey, we got Hines, Cleary, Jackson Hastings. Obviously, the, the best option of all of them, Sean Johnson. So, <laughs> I don't know why we'd be mucking around with Sullivan. Uh, another half, Ben Hunt, previous gun, not so much last year. Six hundred forty-six k, forty-four break even, with no context at all. Ben Hunt is a screaming buy. However. We do have context. In uh, what we see from Ben Hunt, um, this is courtesy of the Rugby League Fantasy Pro website. 
is uh, looking at his halves average, uh, 45 average last year with the lowest, by far the lowest base stats of his career. Um, I know, Ryan, we spoke about him ad nauseum last year, um, mm-hmm. trying to work out when he was going to be of value, but his tackle count just dropped. It, like the ass just dropped out of it. He went from 23 tackles a game to 13. Um, and it's, I'm finding it really hard to trust him, even though he looks like a massive value. Yeah, oh, it's one of those ones where we just haven't really been able to come, with an, come up with an explanation as to why. Um, why did his tackles drop off so much? Was it just, you know, the fact that he's older, he's protecting the body a little bit more than what he has been in the past? He's been a little bit more of a team player, but now he's, what, 32, turning 33 in a couple of months. So he's just yeah. letting the younger blokes do the work. Um yeah, I don't know. It's it's an anomaly, that's for certain. If he was to get back to what he was doing years previous, then, yeah, absolutely, pile on in. But, um, yeah. yeah, I just don't know what to make of it right now. I mean, even you look at 2019, he was a 52.3 average with only 335 kick metres. 2021, he was a 53 average with only 285 kick metres. He averaged 425 kick metres last year. So he was up from 2021... 140 kick meters per game, but scored eight points less per game. Mm. And, you know, he scored tries at a high rate, 26%. Attacking stats was there or thereabouts, 21 versus 25, but just the base stats were just, and it's all tackles. It's just, honestly, it's just, just, it's evaporated and it's weird. But uh, for that reason, I sort of can't really go anywhere near him. Yeah, fair. Yep. Uh, we're out of all of the players in the spine outside of Sloan, the next most interesting player has to be the hooker here, Jacob Little. And Ryan, I know you are a big fan of Jacob Little, uh, having written his article. And yeah. he's the best hooker option to start for round one. Is that right? <laughs> Don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, no, I think uh, right. he's an interesting. Oh, you were going to say, Rob? Top five? Top five. Yeah, no. In terms of uh, top five value in the hooker position, I think he is there, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, look, he's an interesting option. Not one I'd really considered until um, I think someone messaged me on Instagram, actually, to you know say, oh, my smoky pot is um, little. I can't remember who you were, but well done. Um, he, yeah, look, he's, he's an interesting option. He's a player that has a very good PPM. He's a, he's a decent attacking half. Oh, sorry, a decent attacking hooker. Um, his PPM for the last couple of years has been 0.73, and that hasn't really fluctuated based on um, you know the 2021 um, inflated stats. It's been pretty steady. Uh, he he was playing about 50, like in the low 50s minutes at the Tigers. Um, the main question mark here is how many minutes is is he going to play in this Dragon side? So like uh, Griffin's been using Andrew McCulloch. Um, like last year, I think McCulloch averaged in about the mid-60s minutes, and the year before that uh, was about 75 minutes per game. So, look, assuming um, Little is going to be used somewhere in that range, in the low 60s to high 70s, it will really impact whether he's a buy or not. Right now, he's not in my side, um, but he's the type of player that I think if you want to take a risk on someone, if you want to chase a pod, I I don't think he's the worst out there. Um, For me, for him to be a buy, I think he needs to play at least 65 minutes. If he's playing more than that, then he's got keeper potential. If he's getting close to 80 most weeks, he's got keeper potential. But the wild card here is Moses Mbai. Um, How many minutes is Mbai going to play if Mbai is the utility and not somewhere in the starting 13, which we don't think he will be? Um, 
you know, if Mbai's only playing, say, 10 minutes at hooker each week, well, then Little's a screaming buyer. But if one week Anthony Griffin just decides, hey, we need to, we need Mbai on the field for 30 minutes, well, yeah, you know, then you're stuffed. Um, I guess the... I think really what Little needs to get him going, to get his value and his price moving is a little bit of the things to break his way. Um, you know, firstly, to play those decent minutes to begin the year and then potentially like a backline injury or a HIA or something where Mbai has to come onto the field and fill that role, like play centre or 5'8 or whatever. Um, and, you know, suddenly Little's playing 80 minutes. I, I think he might need something like that to break his way. But right now there's just, I think, too much unknown about what his role in this side is going to be. But, look, if we get more clarification, then, I, look, I think there is a potential avenue for Little to push up to a 50 average. But, um, yeah, with the unknowns right now, it's just hmm. it's one for the risk takers, I think. Yeah, I think I think I want to just nip this straight in the bud um, and just have a look at last year. Andrew McCulloch's minutes, 48, 43 minutes, first two weeks, then played an 80-minute game, 60, 69, then played an 80-minute game, 50, 50, 66, 80 minutes, 75 minute, 56, 78, 68, 54, 64, 52. And there was a 12 in there, which I assume is injury-related. Yeah. I think what was happening is Mbai is on the bench and the typical plan is 55 to 60 minutes with a hooker, 20 to 25 minutes for Mbai. If there's an injury in the back line of the halves, Mbai goes in, hooker plays 80 minutes. That's the plan. And I don't think there's enough injuries. That's what I think that that uh, min- average minutes probably got artificially inflated. Uh, and I think that, that the for more or less, the 80-minute the hook is dead outside of a couple of exceptions. And I think, uh, I think this is a massive trap, personally. Yeah. No, no trust. Look. Fair enough. No, look, I um, no, look, I, I've stated in the article that he's he's basically all minutes based. Um, if you don't think he's going to be getting sixty five, then yeah, stay away. Yeah, hundred percent. One, one thing I think we we forgot to mention is that Jaden Sullivan also has an injury concern. He's under a cloud because he has a hamstring injury. Is that right? And he's yeah out for four to six weeks, so he's but potentially yeah, missing. season six weeks away. No, 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 I know. Buy round one. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's not going to be a moan. We know that, but um, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's like, it's he's going to have literally no preseason. Um, yeah. Sullivan. Well, so. look, look, I think the main difference here, I guess, as well, to, I think it's important to note the difference between Little and McCulloch. Like, McCulloch is a tackle bot. He's been a tackle bot for the majority of his career. Little does have that dynamic attacking uh, ability, which mm-hmm. I think is the reason why Mbai was potentially playing more minutes because he at least offered that. He was, you know, he's not good in defense, but he at least offers something out of uh, dummy half that McCulloch doesn't. Um, So that is something to consider. But yeah, again, it's, geez, you've got to have a a decent set of balls, I think, to um, go diving into a little. Yeah, particularly when you've got guys like Brandon Smith and Tanner Boyd floating around that are, you know, similar Mm. or more upside and and a lot less risk. Um, Yeah, yeah. even Aaron Clark. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, couple more guys in the the pack. You know, let's let's get rid of the non fantasy relevant for ones first. Zane Musgrave and Blake Laurie expecting to line up a prop, and Jack DeBellin at lock with Sua and Jack Bird on the edge. Now, this is not necessarily how they're going to run out, but boys, it's important because it impacts two different players here that could be fantasy relevant in Jack DeBellin and Jack Bird. 
I can't see a world where they're they're using somebody other than Jack Bird on that left edge. Uh, is there anyone out? Because I mean, the other options in this team are Ben Murdoch, Masilla, who we've seen, and that's not a goer. Same thing with Billy Burns, and same thing with Tyrell Fuimono. Surely they're going to play Bird on the edge for 80 minutes and have Jack DeBellin play at lock. Do you guys agree with that? Or <sighs> Look, I, I, I do tend to agree with that. Um, it, it's just tough to know with Bird because uh, Bird is a victim of his own versatility. Um, he can play literally anywhere in this side and not look out of place. He can play anywhere from 1 to 17 uh, and not look out of place. Um so, look, it's it's tough to know, but I do think he's probably the best edge option considering some of the middles they've got there now. Um, and he does have you know, some ball-playing ability as well. But, yeah, tough to know which way Griffin's going to go because, again, he can literally play anywhere. But if it was me picking the side, I'd have him on the edge. Yeah, well, particularly given the departure of Tarek Sims, mm. you know, that mm. opens a really big hole there. I mean, last year he started back row, back row, back row, moved in the halves for four games, and then back row all the way through to round 17 before they had to mix it up and play him at lock or centre, um, which is just, you know, it's cracked out looking at his thing. He's got four different positions here. Uh, but, you know, it is, I think the left edge back rows seems the most likely spot. Um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me, though, if, like, Bird, say, starts on an edge and then Murdoch Masilla comes on, and then Bird pushes into the middle? Oh, sure, 100%. Yeah, absolutely yeah. possible. He's a ball player, for sure. But how mm. many minutes is Murdoch Masilla going to play? 30? Yeah, yep. 40 Max. tops. Yeah. yeah, he's just, you know, he's in his 30s. He's obviously unfit. He's, he's wasn't kicking goals at the Warriors, and I mean, he's, I don't think he's going to be kicking goals here, like as in not kicking physical goals, literal. <laughs> no, as in like, <laughs> no, you know what I mean. We'll get, we'll get you, mate. You get me. You get me. All right. He's, ben Murdoch Masilla is not the goal kicker for the Dragons. He is no, not no. a good player. <laughs> no, he's really not. He might have been a while ago at the World Cup when Tonga almost won, but that was that's it. So, guys, Jack Bird on the edge, 80 minutes. Let's assume that he that's his role and maybe he spends some time in the middle, maybe doesn't. Not convinced that that matters. If he plays at least 70 minutes on the edge... Uh, we have a 21 game. No, hang on, that's not right. That's all of his games. 11 game sample size from 2022, uh, where it's 41.5. Uh, he played one game on the right edge though against the Storm, uh, and 10 missed tackles in that particular game. Every other game played on the left. Uh, on the left edge, it's 10 games at 43.9. Does that hold any interest to you, Robert? A 41 break even in a really tough center position. It's just, I think what you're paying for with Bird is the floor at centre. Um, but I think, as Mark has demonstrated earlier today with a couple of articles, is that there are some centres that have um, quite high floors. And I think Jack Bird is one of those guys where you're, pay- you're paying pretty much at value for him. Like, I think he's a good guy. He'll be one of the top, probably the top three centres this year. Um but you're kind of paying at value and you're paying for a keeper and there's not a lot of value there. Um, and he'll be, he'll be fine to own. Like if, if you want to, if you want to keep her, but I think there's better options out there. 
Do, is it is it possible that we're missing something here? Like, remember when um, Jack Bird broke his arm and he only missed one week, and then he came back and like had that ten missed tackles, and then six and six the week after. Like, is it possible that because he was playing with a broken arm, that's brought his average down? But do you think he's? We've got we've got stats on him at edge, and he's not really ever averaged over fifty. Uh, well, no, he, see, the thing is, in his 2021 matches, he only played four on the edge, but three of, those, three of those scores were over 50. Yeah, and that was, but that was PVL. That was PVL ball, and it was the bad Broncos, bad Bulldogs, average Raiders, bad Titans. Yeah, look, okay, there might be, there might be up, like, up to 50 upside in Bert. Well, let me, let, let's, let's just, you know, have this conversation for an extra, what is it? 16 K. Would you just not go to Valentine Holmes? I just, I know, I know what you're getting at with Holmes, but I just, I don't ever like paying up for sinners. Yeah. That's fine. a but, fine but strategy, that, but, that, but that should apply to Jack Bird as well. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I'm not saying with Jack Bird, like Rob, you can't start with Jack Bird, mate. Calm down. I, I, I've almost, I think I've owned Jack Bird every single year. <laughs> like, he's been fantasy relevant. But, like, it's always been him being undervalued. And at this point, like, at 41, I just, yeah, yeah if he was, if he was at, like, th- in the 30s, then maybe. But yeah. 41 is, like, at max, there's, you know, five or six points of value. Yeah. yeah. That's center, and you're paying, like, p- keeper price. Not yeah. for me. No, thanks. Ryan, you you agree we can move on? Um, look, I, I, no, look, I think this might require a little bit more digging just to find out how his stats might have been affected by that broken arm. But, like, if he is pushing towards a, a 50 average, like, geez, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it out of the, out of the realm of possibility. Um, like, I don't have a problem with paying up for a centre if I think they represent some decent value. Like, for example, Ewan Aiken last year mm-hmm. or um, Britton Nakora or Jay- and John Bateman. What was that, uh, 2020 or 2019, yep. something like that? Bateman started at 550 that year. Mm, yeah, so, look, oh, should we, I'm not should against we put it. it the, should we put it to the um, inner offers here? Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think it might require a deeper dive, I think. Yep. Uh, the other one that, that holds some interest for me is Jack DeBellin. Uh, so 22 games, 50-plus minutes last year, average 59 minutes of 49 points. He was a previous gun uh, and seemed to warm into the season a little bit, but I wonder if maybe I'm just seeing uh, something that's not here and, and you can get a similar production for from Aaron Clark for 100K less. Uh, do you guys have any... Interest in Jack DeBellin, or you think it's probably just too expensive and put him in the Tohu Tohu basket? Yeah, I think he's in the Tohu basket personally. I think he might be a little bit past his best. I just don't see the the PPM from him, and he's not playing huge minutes anymore. Like he's still playing good minutes, but like I think back in the when when he, when he was a keeper, wasn't he playing close to eighty from memory? Yeah, like, it was like a good yep. seventy. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see that from him. I think he's a sixty minute player, fifty five to sixty minute player, and in that role, he's just he's never had the PPM. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather take a punt on Jacob Little than I would on Jack DeBellin. Yeah, right. Okay, there you go. You heard it here first. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, 
Now, the bench is a bunch of dudes I'm not really interested in. Probably going to be some combination. Well, Frank Molo is going to be suspended. Michael Molo, uh, I don't know, he seemed to be in and out. Josh Kerr, Aaron Woods, Ben murdoch Masilla. No interest in anyone off the bench here? No, I don't think so. None of them are really yeah. here. Unless there's an injury. Like, yeah. 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 Do you remember no the Woodsy good old season. days where Aaron Woods was a, a fantasy gun at the Tigers? Woodsy was a jet. Oh, I remember that one game, Brian, I don't know if you were there. I'm sure you were. You were there when we drove down to Gold Coast and watched oh, Gold Coast yes. play the Tigers. And, <laughs> <laughs> and to, when Tui Lola here was kicking that goal from the sideline. Yeah, no. Woodsy was a fantasy gun. I had him in my team that 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 time. It was great. <laughs> what comes after one e? Two e. Oh man, that was great. Yeah, and you, was and, awesome. and you cracked the shits because you got two. You got a parking fine. <laughs> oh, and I read, and I and I ran a red light. Yeah. So well, while we're here, I'll give you guys the story. So we're. We're, we're trying to find a park near Metricon Stadium in the Gold Coast, which is just an absolute shit show. And we're in this like res, this uh, retail park on like a Sunday afternoon. There's no – none of the businesses are open. It's like, I'm just going to park here. She'll be right. All the boys were egging me on to park there. I didn't want to do it, but I finally agreed. Sure enough, come back out. There's a parking fine there for like 60 bucks, And I didn't want to pay it. I said, I said to the boys, we'll split it all, pay like 10 bucks each or whatever. It'll be right. Driving back to the Gold Coast, uh, driving back from the Gold Coast to Brisbane. Everyone's drunk but me because I'm driving. <laughs> I drop everyone home. Everyone's refusing to pay the their part of the parking fine or whatever it was. So I'm going into Brisbane City and I go past the Treasury Casino. Any of you that know know Brisbane City, going down, I can't remember that road. And I go to turn right. This pedestrians walk across the road and then I turn right. And then all of a sudden, I got these blue and red lights in my rear vision mirror. I pull over, and the guy's like, "Mate, you just run a red light." I was like, "No, I didn't." He said, "Yeah, it was a red arrow, like to go right." But it was like, you know, it was just, it was, it, I was on the right side. It was just like a turn right anytime with care or whatever. I thought, apparently not. Um, so I got a like eighty dollar parking fine, and then a four hundred dollar fine for running a red light as well. And it was the worst football game I ever went to. Dealing with drunk people singing in the car on the way home, and then it cost me like five hundred bucks. And I just, and like even worse, like I specifically remember our mate Tyson was like, um, when you went around, he was jeering us up to be like, "Hey, tell him we're not going to pay, like just to really like get under his skin." (laughs) So I'm pretty sure we did pay, didn't we? Pretty sure we did. Yeah, I was real upset. Yeah, no, everyone did give me money for the parking fine, not for the running a red light. Oh, did we? No, that's all right. I don't blame you. Was, no one run the red light but me. That wasn't anyone else's fault. But still, just add, added, not to mention I got subjected to watching the Tigers play against the Titans, which in itself was, was enough punishment. Oh, dear. <laughs> but that's probably enough for tonight, guys. Any any closing, closing thoughts, Rob? No, no, that's all. That's a, that's a good GFA. Good way to go out. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, oh, good stuff. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate you sitting through this one. Uh, we'll come back and talk about... The Sydney Roosters on our next episode. Yeah, can't wait. Cockadoodle do. Love you guys.